1: Put the spring back into your step and into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply.
2: Back to more John Chuckery. He's in the zone. Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Sports Radio 92.9 The
0: Game. Back with you at Chuck Rishow, hanging out in the Kia studios, halfway home on this Wednesday evening with you. 404-741-0929. That is our Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you are on the go. Social media is at 929thegame on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And as always, you can follow us on our personal Twitter pages at JMCH316. He is at underscore Dylan Matthews. Uh, 40 minutes from now. We will um, we will hear from uh, uh, Alan Judd. So if you didn't catch the interview earlier on in the show, excuse me, got something caught uh, in my throat there. Uh, if you didn't catch the interview earlier in the show, we'll replay that coming up at 940. And then 20 minutes from now, we'll get to a That's Life. So, you know, we talked about this Hawks article earlier on in the show. And, you know, I certainly am in the camp of believing that they brought Quinn Snyder in because right now, at this point, three-quarters of the way through the season, not a whole lot left, but they brought Quinn Snyder in because they are trying to win now. And they are trying to... And And I saw a quote <clears throat> from Clint Capella where he talked about the goal was to try to get to the sixth seed. And I think that message has been ingrained in the Atlanta Hawks. But there are no more moral victories. You know, I saw some people that said, well, you know, they played well for Quinn and they played hard and all that and they just couldn't close out. There's no moral victories right now for this NBA franchise. And especially with 20 games left in this season where they feel like that they can still achieve some of their goals, they can still find themselves in a better playoff position, maybe potentially they can find themselves in a spot where they aren't, you know, playing multiple play-in games or anything like that. And look, if they can get to the sixth seed, obviously they are in the first round of the, of the tournament, right? They're in the first round of the NBA playoffs. You can avoid all that Fakakta play-in kind of stuff, but that's easier said than done because even as bad as the Brooklyn Nets have been a little bit up, a little bit down, you know, they're still, at this point, three and a half games up on the Hawks with 20 to play. And then you still have Miami in front of you. And, you know, the Knicks are one game ahead. So that's a lot easier said than done when you're fighting two, at least two teams right now to try to get up to that spot. And... Don't forget, the Raptors are in the nine spot, half a game behind Atlanta, and the Wizards picked up a game on Atlanta. They're a game and a half, and they play them three more times. So you have several teams that could either potentially be out in front of you that you have to try to pass, or teams that start leapfrogging you. But this idea of Playing hard or whatever like that, you know. We heard from Landry Fields when he said that he gave the coaches, you know, and this was when Joe Prunty was taken over. He gave the coaches the message of focus on the task at hand. We need to win ball games. And while I understand that it's about re- relationships and chemistry and building and getting ahead of the game. I read you the quote about Tony Wrestler about maybe it's delusional optimism, but Tony Wrestler wants to win now. He's not waiting for next year. He's not waiting for six months to win the offseason. He's not waiting around for anything. You pay a guy top-tier money, five-year contract, bring him in off the beach to coach your team three-quarters of the way through the season, You know, as Jeff Jarrett says, that's delusional optimism. And they want to win right now. So this idea about, oh, well, we're going to be ahead and all this kind of stuff, you can't think about the offseason. You can't think about next year. You can't think about that for right now. They have one goal and one task in mind, and that is to win and accumulate as many wins as they can in this next 20 games and get as high a seed as they can in the NBA playoffs. And if it ends up that they're seven or eight in their seeding, that's still better than not being in the playoffs. But the goals are clear. You know, this is not thinking about down the road and all that. And, you know, fans can kind of think about that. But Tony Ressler wants to win now. And there is a sense of urgency now. And everybody has maybe not directly expressed it, although some have, but it's been obviously expressed about the idea of we got to get this thing turned around quickly. And we've only got 20 games and it's going to go fast and you're going to, you know, you're going to play four games next week on the road. And we still got a game on Friday I mean, it's, it's going to go very, very quickly. But this team has to figure it out in the short term. And that's why it's so important for these guys, not through an offseason, not through training camp, not through summer league, not through any. They have to buy in now. They have to buy in. What, what's today? What's the date today, March 1st? Okay. They have to buy in February 28th. So, this is not about moral victories. This is not about, you know, well, you know, we're just, you know, getting through the season. It's none of that kind of stuff. Who, who brings a coach in? I mean, think about this. Think about if you brought a head coach in to coach your NFL team after 12 games have been played through the regular season and you went outside the organization not promoting an assistant to take you take over or anything like that right cuz we've done that with the falcons right when when dan said uh you know what if you're going to let me go at the end of the season then just let me go now remember that in dan's last season in uh what was that um 2002 when was dan's last dan uh dan's last season i think it was maybe 2002 or 3 but he was like, if I'm not, not going to be here next year, just get rid of me now. And we promoted an assistant. What, what was it? Um, um, oh, gosh. Uh, Wade Phillips to coach out for the rest of the year at that point. So you don't do these kinds of things normally in the world of sports. Play three quarters of a season, then hire a high-priced guy to come in from the outside and navigate your way through. 2003? Okay. So I, I didn't have to look it up, and I still knew it was 0-2 or O three, 3 and Wade Phillips that took over for Dan.
2: You're still sharp as the tack, man. Yeah,
0: except for that one question. I crapped on that one question. That's going to bother me.
2: It happens to the best of us. It happens yeah. to the greats, even John Chuckery. Yeah, so
0: um, that'll get some people fired up. But anyway, um, but it really is. I mean, you know, you don't make this kind of move – and, and think too far ahead of themselves. You know, we can think about, you know, what the offseason moves are going to be. But for right here and now, yeah, this is about evaluating for the future and all that. But they've got to win now. That means Collins has to play well. That means DeAndre Hunter has to play well. That means Trey has to play well. That means DeJounte Murray has to play well. That means Capella's got to play well. And Bogey and A.J. Griffin and Sadiq Bay. Everybody has to play well because they want to accumulate as many wins. So when you hear all of this stuff about moral victories and this, that, and the other, and we're building for the future, future's now, brother, brother. It starts starts with the first, first game on Friday and then uh, on Saturday. And we got to figure out a way to accumulate some wins, We have to be better on our home court. That's why Friday night becomes so important. You know, you lose on Friday to a team that's coming west to east on your home court that you should beat, and then you got to turn right back around and go on the road on Saturday. Now, albeit it's not to the west coast, but still, you know, we saw how well they played in Miami last year at the end of the year. Right, come playoff time, but you know you you're going to have a very quick turnaround. You get Friday, then you go right into Miami on Saturday. So they've got to figure out how to put this thing together on a very quick track, and I think that's the thing about Quinn Snyder. If he can succeed at doing this, if he can get them to the sixth seed and they play well and they play well down the stretch, I've said it. I I believe that. They are going to. They are going to restructure how their front office is. I do believe that. I, I I really believe that that they will probably give the same power to Coach Snyder that they gave to Coach Bud and make him president of basketball operations and they'll have a de facto GM or maybe it'll be Landry Fields, but those two will work in sync with one another. Whatever is the GM or whatever's the, you know, title that Quinn Snyder has, they'll all work together and figure this thing out. And again, that's why I believe that Tony Ressler is the guy that's driving this ship. I mean, how many GMs really go out and once they let a coach go, six days later, you're bringing another guy in. And you're putting him in as one of the five or six highest paid coaches in all of the NBA. And you're Pulled him in off of his vacation, right? He was on a beach, was he not? You know, he was, he was on a beach somewhere. Um, was it Costa Rica? I think it was. I think it was Costa Rica where, where he was on vacation. Pulled him off the beach and said, you know, he said, honey, we, we're moving to Atlanta. We're moving back to Atlanta. So uh, it's going to be interesting. But they have to start. They have to start Friday night and start to accumulate some wins. And next week is going to be so important because it's not just starting on Saturday, it's not just four games on the road, but two of those will be with the Wizards on Wednesday and Friday of next week. And you start losing three out of four you know, to the Wizards. They're going to play four times over the next 20 games uh, or 21 games, and including last night. You lose three out of four to the Wizards, they may pass you by. You may may not even have to worry about the six seed. You may be hanging on for dear life to the eight or nine seed at that point. So it will be fascinating, but that was a very winnable game last night. That was a game that should have been the Hawks' game, and they should have found a way to win that game. And it's not one player. They were all bad in the first half shooting threes. They they couldn't stop Bradley Beal, no matter who they put on him. Probably maybe, you know, could have gotten, you know, some more out of John Collins, although now we're hearing he's on a minutes restriction, right? I guess because he's coming out of the protocol and all that. He's been on minutes restrictions the last couple of games, and they're not sure if he'll be on minutes restriction on Friday. They think he might be, but they're, they're not sure. Well, okay. How's come every time we turn around, there's something going on with John Collins, and and his health, or this, or that, so he's on minutes restrictions. Got twenty games to go, man. There, there. You got, you gotta, you gotta let it fly, man. You, you gotta, you gotta huck it up there and let it fly. So, we'll see what happens. All right. When we get back, it'll be time for that's life. We'll, uh, we'll give Dylan, myself, uh, and the audience an update on that sixty-eight mantle card that we were talking about about a week or two ago. I have no idea what, what day of the week Dylan was here. Last producing, but I know I talked to him about it. So, check me in the Kia Studios, Sports Radio, 97 in the Game, the Odyssey.com app.
1: We really need new phones. T Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25
0: a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade in when you switch.
1: You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medella is your reward. Medella, the mark of a fighter. Trick responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Port, Chicago, Illinois.
2: Back to more John Chuckery. No, no. No, I'm having a good time. I'm having a good time. Sports Radio 92.9, the game.
0: Sports Radio 92.9 The Game. Back with you on the John Chuckry Show. 921 live from the King of Studios. You know what time it is. That's life.
1: That's life. That's what all
0: the people say. 404-741-0929. That is the Solomon Brothers Diamond text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us when you are on the go. Social media is at 929 thegame uh, at JMStates316 at underscore Dylan Matthews on Twitter. So, Dylan, you remember when I told you about this um, Mickey Mantle card? It's the second to last card issued by Tops. The 1968 Mickey Mantle card. It's graded a Jim Mint, Jim Mint 10. I sure do. And I, I think it was somewhere just under three hundred thousand dollars or something like that. Right. right. Yes. Okay. Well, it closed at auction. And it sold for $510,000. Now, here's the thing, okay? A similar PSA 10 card of, of, of a 68 Tops Mickey Mantle sold in 2021. So the same kind of card, it's a different card. It's the same kind of card, though, and it has the same grade. Okay. Okay. So a similar card sold for 2 in 2021 for $214,579. Wow. So in less well in uh, less than 2 years. Yeah. That's a 138% increase in value.
2: Goodness.
0: 138%
2: increase in value.
0: See. 5 Hundred and ten thousand
2: dollars. You're making half a mil on a baseball card. Yes,
0: that's just a, ridiculous. Way, you prop, you would have paid seventy-five to a hundred bucks to get it graded, okay? Yep. Um, I don't know where they pulled it from, but let's say you just kept it in your collection forever and a day, okay? And yep. then you had it graded. You know, if you That's nothing. Right, like nickels.
2: Right? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I mean
0: pennies on the dollar that, yep. that you have invested in it. Like that's that five hundred ten thousand
2: That's all going in your pocket.
0: Right. Five five hundred and nine thousand and nine hundred and twenty-five dollars is pure profit. Jeez. Hundred thirty-eight percent increase in value from the last time where it was sold in twenty twenty one. Like we are in the wrong Business man, we definitely got to get into. Got to start collecting these
2: cards, man.
0: Yeah. All right. Have you ever heard of a heart-shaped potato chip? Like some companies will reward you if you find a heart-shaped potato chip. Huh? Really? Yes. Well, a woman in England recently pulled a heart-shaped potato chip out of a bag of uh, Walker's chips, didn't realize its value, and it cost her, because she ate it, more than a $100,000. Dang. So she took a picture of the potato chip. Yeah. and And she posted it. But because she didn't actually have the chip in hand, Mm. it cost her more than $100,000.
2: And it's not like you can go in and get it. Nope.
0: Quote: at first, I didn't realize that crisp would be worth as much money as I hadn't heard about the competition. I sent to my friends as I found it the day after Valentine's Day and thought it looked cute. Unaware of the contest, she ate the chip, then took the photo, you know, and sent it to her friends. It wasn't until they messaged me back saying not to eat it due to a uh, competition that I knew I did not know anything about, and I'd already eaten it. Unfortunately, now the crisp is eaten, and I am not in the running to win the competition. Walkers is currently holding a contest to find who can have the best heart-shaped chip, and they're giving away 100,000 pounds to one lucky winner who finds – The best heart-shaped chip. And when you look at this thing, it's a perfectly formed heart.
2: She would have won it. Yep. Man.
0: Yep. In its website, they promoted big hearts, small hearts, uh, bubbly hearts, crispy hearts. We want to see them all. 100,000 pounds to the winner, which converts to $120,000, $120,330 U.S. dollars.
2: Man, can you just imagine how sick she
0: is? 120000 thousand dollar mistake Man. because she ate the wrong potato chip.
2: That potato chip or crisp or whatever she wants to call it, it had better been good. Uh, listen, it it's <laughs> it, terrible. It, it better have
0: been orgasmic. Right? I mean, him right. Christmas 120,000. Can
2: you imagine eating
0: a potato chip worth that much? But, but then but, you know, she took pictures of it. So she's right. got proof. She's got like, the proof. Like I'm, I'm looking at the picture that she sent to her friends, Jeez. and it's a perfect-shaped heart.
2: That's like taking a picture of the golden ticket but then throwing it in the yeah. trash can. Yeah.
0: That's Actually
2: like, worse because you, yeah. you couldn't even get yeah. it back. <laughs>
0: I mean, that's that's like having the Wonka ticket, then the Falcons draft a tight end. Oh, sorry.
2: Uh, that's, uh, <laughs> oh. sorry oh, my that's, God. <laughs> You were going to find a way to throw that in there one well, way or another. I mean, you know, listen, it's. I it's, thought you didn't like being the bad guy. Well, I, you know. I,
0: <laughs> maybe. A little bit. Um, all right. Now, I have no idea what this means, but one of the days that today is, because it's National Peanut Butter Day, I'm good with all that, but today is National Dad Gum That's Good Day. <laughs> now, I, I don't think this is in you know remembrance to bobby bowden or anything like that you yeah. know that gum <laughs> you know we, we just couldn't find a way to get done you know um <laughs> so with that tonight's top 10 list top 10 things in life that are dad gum good
2: all right i got a Dilling lot of Dylan, the floor is yours all right well i got some things that are dad gum good let's see let's start with this one this is my honorable mention we'll start with my honorable mention a hearty laugh. A hearty laugh is dadgum good. Okay. When you laugh hard, and it makes you, you know you tear up a little bit, that's a dadgum I can, good. I can
0: already see I'm going to be a lot more shallow than you are. Oh, no.
2: Yeah. <laughs> um, when you get some you time or me time, or whatever you want to call it, that's mm-hmm. dadgum good. Mm-hmm. Get some time to yourself, alone in your thoughts, and to do whatever you want. Dogs. Dogs are dadgum okay, good. Okay, yeah, I'll, I'll buy that. Yep, yep, that's good. Dogs are dadgum mm-hmm. good. Finding money in an unexpected place, like in your pocket, or you know, you just—I
0: have that on my list as well. Yes. when you when you find money, especially if yep. you find like a twenty dollar bill Ooh. stashed <laughs> away somewhere, it's like wow, oh, that's man. just that you feel like you've hit the lottery at yes. that point.
2: That's dadgum yep. good. Free food, free oh. food is always dadgum oh. good.
0: That's a great one. Free food. That's a
2: great one because yes. the, because next on my list is 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 just straight up good food. But free food doesn't necessarily always have to be like top notch. It nope. can just be something that, that yep. gets you by. Yep. Like, you know, just imagine if you got a three a free, day old hot dog. A three day old yeah. hot dog. Go- a three, day, three, three day, day
0: old hot dog from a gas station. Exactly. <laughs> and it'd be For, daggum from good. Benny, from Benny's gas station. You know, uh, yeah. I Especially agree with you. if you're hungry. Yeah, I agree with you. Anytime free food, that there's free food available. Yes, yeah. that that's a good call.
2: And then, like, you know, just imagine you, you walk, like, imagine we walked into the station, there was just a whole. Little Caesar's pizza for free in there? That'd be dadgum wow. good. All right, moving on. A good movie. A good movie to me is dadgum good. Something yep. you just dive into, and you know, you just kind of.
0: I agree with that. Go
2: out and, 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 and into your own world.
0: And especially, I, I am a, I am a cinema guy. Like yes. I, I, I like going to the movie theater. Yes. That's why I'm so frustrated because there's really no movies to go see right now. Go see Ant Man. Oh God. I'm not paying twenty bucks to see, Pant Man, you know, <laughs> Pant Man, you know,
2: not paying that. Another thing that I'll, I'll uh-huh. see, I'll,
0: I'll I'll go see, I will go see Mission Impossible. Okay. And don't they got another uh, John Wick coming out soon? Yes, I will go see John Wick because I've go. seen all those in the theater, so I'll go see John Wick. Right. I'll, I'll, I'll see John Stick. What so. about
2: or are you going to see the new Super Mario movie? Are you gonna see uh, that? No, no. <laughs> I'm not gonna see Luigi and Jabroni and nobody <laughs> else. So. All right. Sleeping in. Sleeping in is yeah, dad gum yeah, good.
0: I I I put down ten hours if I can get ten hours of sleep, Ooh, uh, that that's really man, good. That's, that's dad
2: gum good. That's a full battery recharge. Yeah. That's man, that's yep. dad gum good.
0: And and especially because if I sleep for ten hours, yeah. I only really sleep for five of those hours because I don't sleep at all. Like I don't oh. <laughs> like I've got sleep apnea and all that stuff oh, and no. and I don't sleep very well. So ten hours yeah. gets me about five hours of quality sleep.
2: There you go. So <laughs> All right. Along with sleeping in, this actually helps you sleep in a nice cold pillow that stays cold okay. and anything like that. Yes. That's daggum good. Yes. Having a nice cold pillow to sleep yep. on, that'll help you sleep good. And of course, I got to put this on here sports, playing sports, watching sports, that's daggum good to me. Okay. Good, I, like I said earlier, good food. You know, even if you got to pay for it, if it's really good, that's daggum good yeah, to me. Yeah, I mean,
0: listen, I, I have on there a really good meal. Yes. A really good meal. A a full meal all the way through. Yes. I don't mind paying for a really good meal. I, I do, I do nope, not have a even. problem with paying for a really good meal. And just, The meal, the service, the atmosphere,
2: everything like that. that. And last for me, boogie boarding on a beach with some nice waves, that's daggum good to me. I really enjoy, like, boogie boarding. I haven't done it in a long time, but boogie boarding on a good beach with some good waves, that's daggum good to me.
0: Okay. Well, I mean, I'm surprised you haven't boogie board because you're here so little, but anyway. um, All right. uh, So I had finding money on my list as well. I had 10 hours of sleep, um, the same as you did. I have a really good meal. Um, A good first date.
2: Oh yeah. I, 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 yes. You know,
0: good conversation, good meal, everything like that. Like I'm You get to I'm, feeling all tingly inside? I'm, I'm more traditional. I want to go to dinner and we'll have a nice conversation and maybe some wine or whatever like that with okay. a good first date. Um I've got so many boxes of baseball cards and stuff like that. Uh-huh. When I find a card that I just randomly stumble across that's valuable, Ooh, that's right. dad gum good. That is. You know, I was looking through some stuff the other day, like last week it was, or week before, or maybe when I was off or whatever like that, but I came across a couple things and I'm like, wow, this Mike Trout is worth some money, and oh, this is worth some I mean, so that would that's that's dad
2: gum good. So you got some cards you're holding on to to, to sell later on down the road? Yes. Not okay. not worth millions, but yeah.
0: there's like the Mike Trout's, I think Mike worth Trout probably, could be worth a lot. Yes, I mean I, it, it's a rookie card and all that, and oh, it, yeah. it's a limited edition and all that. I mean it's it's probably worth a few bucks. And I've got I've got some other stuff. I mean I've got I've got some cool other little things uh, as well. Um, a day at the beach. Yeah. A bad day at the beach is better than a great day of work. That's right. I always tell you that. So, um, smoking a quality cigar. Now I'm not really in the cigar business here of late. Because let's see, I've had a heart attack and a stroke, Yeah. so it's, it's probably not something not you should a, probably be yeah, partaking probably in. Probably not a good idea. But if I go down to Florida for the summer, you know, go down for July Fourth, I'll definitely smoke a cigar. Hell, I'll just—I mean—they got so many hospitals there that they can just poke me right over there. Um, a good day with my daughter, you know, yeah. like, like like doing some daddy-daughter stuff or just futzing around or whatever we do. That's awesome, you know, like like a good day with her. Um doing my freaky impression. That's dad gum good. So that's that's John Freaky. Yeah, him. That's that's dad gum good. And then listen, I went the shallowest of roots. Sex. I mean yeah. you know, I mean You're not wrong at all. I mean if you you yeah. know, you know, rub one out, I mean it's yeah. Pretty good stuff. I mean, so, you know. You get freaky.
2: Not John Freaky, but no, if you no, get freaky. not, not
0: that freaky. John Freaky? Yeah. yeah, no, no, not him. Yeah, not <laughs> not like that. My my impression of freaky, yeah. but, you know, yeah, this is something totally different. So, anyway. All right, when uh, we get back, we had a chance to catch up with Alan Judd. He's the investigative reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. He broke the story on Jalen Carter being at the scene of the accident back on January 15th that involved... Uh, a Georgia football player and a recruiting coordinator. What he had to say next. Chuck Green, the Kia Studios, Sports Radio 929 The Game and the Odyssey.com app. Upon and a king,
2: I've been up and down and over and out, and I know one thing. Each time I find myself laying flat on my face, I just pick myself
1: up and get. It's John Chuckery. How are you sure? Sports Radio 929 The Game.
0: Sports Radio 929 The Game Back with you, John Chuckery show hanging out in the Kia studios on this Wednesday evening. 404 929 That's the Solomon Brothers Diamond Text line to be a part of the show. Odyssey app is how you catch us on the go. Social media at 929 the game on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And I am at JMSH316. He is at underscore Dylan Matthews. Well, obviously, the Jalen Carter story is first and foremost the biggest story right now is Jalen Carter is up in Indianapolis at the Combine. We'll talk more about that a little bit later on here. But we head up to the WadeFord.com hotline, Atlanta's Ford dealer. We bring into the program Alan Judd. He's an investigative reporter for the Atlanta journal Constitution. And he, of course, broke and co-wrote the story about Jalen Carter being at the scene of this horrible accident that happened on January 15th where a Georgia player and a uh, recruiting director were killed. Uh, Alan is also on Twitter, at Alan Judd, with two Ds, the number 3,000. Alan, thank you so much, and I appreciate you jumping on the show with us tonight.
3: Sure, thanks for having me.
0: And and by the way, I will apologize in advance because my mind has got – 95,000 things I want to ask you, and I've got all my notes and highlights and everything. So if, if I jump around a little bit from topic to topic, uh, I hope you will understand, because I've got more questions than I'll be able to ask you in this, in this interview. So um, I do appreciate okay. the time. But um, so we know that Jalen Carter left the scene of the accident and was gone for about an hour and a half. So... I guess the report is that you guys uncovered that Bryant Gant, who's the football team's director of player support and operations, was he the guy who reached out to Jalen Carter to bring him back? I mean, is that how this went down that Carter left and Gant had to call him and bring him back to the scene for the police to uh interview?
3: Yeah, that's 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 what we, we understand. Um from what we've what we've seen some documents we've seen about the uh what was happening at the scene the uh one of the supervising police officers who was uh you know looking into the this accident uh knew that a bunch of of georgia football players had had gathered there and he was curious how they knew um that this had happened. And, but, and you know, apparently was suspicious that this involved racing, partly because of just the, the speed involved um, of the crash. So he um, he finally got the, some of the players to say that Jalen Carter had been the one who called and said this happened. Um, he he went over to Gant, who was on the scene, and asked him to bring to bring Jalen to back to the to the crash site so he could be questioned.
0: So I guess one question is too. Why did the Athens police make this, in their statement that they released, make this sound like it was just a simple single-car accident because LaCroix was driving too fast? Why did they not say something like, hey, listen, we're still investigating, we're still gathering information? Why was that narrative put out from the very start?
3: Well, that's a really good question, and we don't really have an answer to that, unfortunately. Um, That's kind of what we've been asking ourselves because – From really the the beginning, they they said this, this, again, as you say, it was a single car accident, just a tragic thing that happened uh, because she was driving a little too fast. But then um, even within a a minute or so of of when the crash happened, they were getting calls to 911 saying there were other cars involved. There was another SUV that was stopped in the road and somebody was out out of the car looking around and he got in the car and left. you know, other, other causes of that nature. So it was clear from what they were hearing from witnesses who lived mostly from people who lived in those apartment complexes nearby, that there were other people who had been uh, possibly traveling in the same, at the same time and you know, roughly at the same rate of speed as the car that that ran off the road.
0: Alan Judd is an investigative reporter for the Atlanta journal constitution. He co-wrote the story about Jalen Carter being on scene for the January 15th accident that tragically ended in a couple of fatalities. He joins us here on the WadeFord.com hotline. Was Bryant Gant the only official representative from the University of Georgia? You mentioned about several players that were on site. Were there any – do we know if there was any coaches? Were there any – was there anybody else besides Bryant Gant who was on the scene as a representative for the University of Georgia?
3: Not that we know of. Um, You know, we reported a couple weeks ago that um, Gant had been on the scene, that he actually had been the person who um, who called the chief of police in Athens in the the middle of the night and notified him that UGA players and and a staff person were involved in this this bad accident. Uh, The chief instructed his uh, subordinates to, you know, talk to Gant at the scene, allow him on the scene. And um um he 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 apparently goes to, to a lot of scenes like this uh or things of this nature with involving interaction between football players and the police and does some sort of inter- intercession or you know, uh, he caused I think he calls himself a liaison with law enforcement for the team.
0: So one of the players that was involved in the accident um that obviously I I guess Warren McClendon made the initial nine one one call. What was that was that what happened that he made the initial call?
3: Well, actually his phone, um his iPhone automatically called 911 uh from the impact of the crash. Um any any iPhone or Apple Watch for that matter will do that. Uh, it it calls in and gives the nine one one operator a um a GIS location, latitude and longitude of where the the accident has been. Um, he did not actually make the call himself. The first call was from someone in another car. Or we don't know really who that was or what car they were in. Um, but then there were um, a number of other people who called who were residents of that, of the, particularly of the one complex that the car ended up um, striking.
0: You mentioned in your article as well about There's a voice besides McClendon's that could be heard saying things, kind of yelling in the background. And and the quote that you had in the article, quote, what y'all driving that fast for? Do we have any idea who that other person was? Did that initially raise suspicion from the police or, you know, like when you hear that, uh, I mean, obviously some red flags should probably immediately go up. But do we have any idea who the other person in the background that was yelling and talking?
3: We don't know. Um, we, we have reason to believe that it was another player. Um, there were a number of players who had been together in downtown Athens with, um, with several uh, members of the recruiting staff. Um, uh, the, you know, that was the day of the big celebration for the championship where they had the parade and the ceremony in Sanford Stadium. And a group of them went out to uh, some bars in, in Athens uh, that evening and ended up at a place called Toppers, which is a, a strip club in downtown Athens, really near the the north campus. Um, and they left from there about 2.30. We've seen the surveillance video that the city has that shows them coming out. And then a few minutes later, a series of cars that belong to the, some of the players uh, you know, you can see them driving away from downtown in, dur- in the direction of this, of this crash, which was about uh, maybe three miles away from downtown.
0: Alan Judd is an investigative reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. He broke the story on Jalen Carter being at the scene of the January 15th crash and involved a recruiting uh, coordinator and a player that were killed on, uh, in that uh, crash. He's joining us on the waitfor.com hotline. One of the other questions I had that and maybe this is more for a lawyer, but, you know, Jalen Carter was charged with reckless driving. And and you wrote in the article that he gave conflicting accounts of his story. Maybe he wasn't honest. Again, if he was at the scene, he left the scene of, you know, a fatality. Why was Jalen Carter not? I mean, let me put it like this. Why was he not charged with lying to the police or or giving a false account, or why were there no other charges besides just the reckless driving attached to him? Even if it wasn't his fault, he maybe gave false statements to the police. Why was he not charged with any of that?
3: Um, that's another good question that the police haven't answered. Um, you know, I think they're keeping a lot of that kind of information to themselves until this is uh, adjudicated in you know, the court system. Um, they they did. Issue warrants for uh, reckless driving and for um, street racing, uh, which is a, a you know separate offense under under state law. Um, but but they did not uh, um, you know look at, as you said, making false statements or 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 even any kind of culpability for the actual uh, uh, crash itself. And we're not quite sure why they chose to stay stick with the two um i, I won't say minor charges charges just because they're not minor but but you know they, they are misdemeanors um and uh, uh don't really totally reflect this the, the situation of what happened
0: last question for you alan um so one of the other things um uh, about this is the um oh gosh and i just uh, i i lost my place here but um um, oh, gosh. Uh, see, this is, uh, this is what happens when my brain gets, gets working uh, too fast and everything. Did, did you see the statement by uh, Jalen Carter that he released on Twitter today? Uh, I, I, think, I think obviously yeah. I think because you reported on it. But he, he mentioned in there that he would be cleared of any and all charges. And I thought that was interesting because obviously he's been lawyered up. I, I'm just curious, and, and again, maybe a better question for a lawyer – Why would they allow him to say something like, like, why would that be put out in a statement rather than just, you know, just something more vague in general than specifically saying we're going to be clear? I'm going to be cleared of all these charges and, and everything like that. It just seems like that that from a legal approach is just not the smartest thing to have done to say anything like that, because then you still open yourself up to all kinds of civil lawsuits in it.
3: Yeah, it was a little little unexpected. Um, You know, he was scheduled this morning, uh, I think at 1030, to appear at the podium um, at the NFL Combine up in Indianapolis. And that was canceled at the last minute, um, shortly after the news broke that that these warrants had been issued and after our story came out this morning. And um, then a few hours later, the statement appeared on Twitter. It... um, you know, we don't know whether that was done in, in coordination with his, with his agents or with the uh, legal team or, or with anyone else, really. But um, it, it did take this approach of, um, you know, he's going to fight the charges, basically.
0: I, I said last question, but I want to ask you one last quick thing. Um, we saw Devin Willock's family that um, they had, when this first happened, Um, They weren't asking for toxicology reports and different things like that. We did see Chandler LaCroix was two and a half times, I believe, the legal limit. And Jalen Carter had even said that there was alcohol involved and things like that. Was that just a a request by the family? Was is there is there more reports going to come out about toxicology reports or is that just focus in on the driver itself?
3: Just on the driver, the, the local coroner had that, had that, that uh, test done by the state crime lab, and, and that's pretty much standard protocol for any kind of fatal accident that they will test the driver, especially if the driver is deceased um, or if there's any potential for, for, the, for a driver to be charged. Um, but they only did the driver, so we, we, we won't know anything about the uh, al- alcohol level, if any, of the other passengers in the car.
0: Alan Judd is an investigative reporter for the Atlanta Journal-Constitution. You can follow him and follow along with all of his breaking news on his Twitter page, at Alan Judd with two Ds, the number 3,000, Alan Judd 3,000, and he joined us here on the WaitFor.com hotline. Alan, I really appreciate the time. Uh, We may have you back on just because I've still got some more questions that I wrote down, and, uh, you know, uh, obviously very good reporting, and we thank you so much for being on the show tonight.
3: Sure. Thanks, John. I appreciate it.